0: Dear listener, come see me, Peter Baelish, this Saturday on PBS in my new film, King Arthur. There are spoilers in this
1: show. G'day and welcome once again to Ignorance Is This, a show about a different way of enjoying cinema, with little to no knowledge about it beforehand. My name is Scott Martin, and opposite me, as always, is my co-host, Oliver Deer.
0: Hello, Scott, and I'm Oliver. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we've got a couple of very special guests coming in uh discussing a lot about uh uh just just how how difficult it is to 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 sort of speak uh we have a lot of encouragement today on this gorgeous gorgeous show back to you Scott what do you think
1: I don't know what's happening (laughs) here I thought I'd let you ride
0: that one out and see how far you can go I I never ride well I always (laughs) I always fall off the pedal after about three seconds in my head, I'm so confident did in what you, I'm going to say. Did you want me to bring in guests? Like, yeah, do a voice? Yeah, we've got a couple of guests. We've got... Um, Peter uh, Baelish. Johnny Goodboy. John- <laughs> He's coming in.
1: Do you Peter Baelish impression for the listeners. Uh, uh,
0: King Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Is that it? <laughs> you uh, can do better than oh, that. okay. Um... Sansa, I love your mother very much. She meant so much to me, but now my scheme it, it necessitates that a lot of people close to me die, and you're you're very close. You might you might get betrayed, Sansa. Shan Shanja. <laughs> oh, it's too good. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, okay. Uh, we'll get we'll get to more of that later when we, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when we discuss a yeah. bit of uh, a hint in Peter what we Peter role in the in the film we watched last night. Yep, Peter Baelish playing himself Peter Baelish. <laughs> in the film King Arthur. Yep. Yeah. There we go. So that's what we're gonna be talking about later. Currently I've got just a, a little bit of a thought on my mind. Okay. Okay. Um you don't watch a lot of horror movies, do you, Scott? No, nah, I'm against them. You yeah, you're against their existence. I was just wondering, when when you become when you become a big boy in the big world <laughs> and you and you obviously you know you settle down with the man of your dreams and you have your adopt children I was just wondering um like would you let your kids watch horror movies nah you wouldn't you wouldn't let them nah why, why wouldn't you let you? I would let it's... I'd let them
1: watch when they're like 16 my adopted I... children yeah but anything before that because I wouldn't want to deal with I wouldn't want to deal with having like you think it would scar them yeah of course it would horror movies mm. Is horror and you're not making a children's horror movie you know no directors right. making a horror movie for children okay so the intent
0: is to scare everyone i've seen a horror movie for children oh what <laughs> what was it it was called krampus oh keep going <laughs> it's called krampus it's about um it's like uh the anti-father christmas the anti-santa claus he's called krampus it's yeah, but a- is it supposed to be like a horror well, because, like a scary thing. thing it's a w- it was a weird film film because it was like supposed to be like horror and like There's a blizzard during Christmas and everything outside and, you know, you can't go in the snow because there's snow monsters and the things upstairs in the attic, like the presents turn into monsters and stuff because Krampus is casting a spell. But it's like, I think it was like PG. Yeah. Well, there are scary... It it um There are scary movies that are kids' movies. I'm just not sure who it was targeted for because like kids would be terrified of it. There was like this Jack in the Box thing with teeth and it was... It was horrifying. And and pretty much, uh, spoilers right now, pretty much all the characters die. That's, <laughs> that's brutal. <laughs> um, but, but, like, there's no gore. There's no swearing. It's like, it was for a general audience. Mm. That's what I thought, anyway. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is because I'm on the fence about this. Hang on. Is that going to be one of your critically acclaimed or critically movies? No, no, no. It should have been. It should have been, because that's something you've... Yeah, I clearly would have never heard of before yeah, Krampus good. it was actually really good but um <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's even got a stupid name I love Krampus. it Krampus. No, it's a,
0: it's a real um it's like in real folklore for like uh uh, the yeah. Slo- Slovakian countries. Like.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Slovakian listeners. If I just said that <laughs> Krampus is a stupid thing,
0: <laughs> I apologize for that. I I can't remember where it's from. It's like a European, yeah. It's like a real like folklore. All right, evil Santa thing. Um, but the reason I bring the horror movie thing up, and would you let your kids watch it? Is because I am on the fence. I don't know if I would let children when I adopt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I would let them watch because. I watched, my parents let me watch Temple of Doom, the second Indiana Jones film. Not a horror movie. Not a horror movie, but definitely, yeah, gory and scary, I thought. They have a scene where um, he rips a heart out of another man's chest. Did you know what the Nazis were when you were watching that for the first time? No. There's no Nazis in that one. Oh, am I thinking of the other one? Yeah, or every other one has Nazis except for Temple of Doom. Oh, wow. What a good stri- what a good strike rate I just landed on. Just- Scott hasn't watched any Indiana Jones films besides the first one, just so everyone knows. Yep. Um, and I watched <laughs> the first one in high school, yeah. against my will, I'll say. <laughs> but yeah, I watched um, that one. And I also watched Paranormal Activity when I was about 13. See, that no, I'm against. Yeah. But the thing is... It's too young. At the time, yeah, it did definitely scarve me because... I think I did sleep on, with a light on for a good majority of my remaining high school years after paranormal activity. Wow,
1: you're so pathetic. Yeah. Nah, no. you're alright.
0: But then again, I think back to it and I think those movies made me more emotionally well, they engage more emotion in me than any other film had. Yeah. And they remain like one of those films I really love. Like, I know people don't really like paranormal activity. If I mean if you've if you're an adult and you saw that, you probably wouldn't care but I found it so scary and it just remains, like, one of those films I love because it, it was so emotionally draining on me. Yeah, well, it, like, fear is the easiest emotion to,
1: to like, draw upon in yeah. any, Yeah, like, you know, you can't, like, pull out of your hat love, but you can easily get scared at something. That's why I love it so much. Yeah, but that's why it's so easy for you to, like, to say, yeah. oh, yeah, it... It affected me the most. It's like, yeah, because it's the easiest emotion to draw out of a person.
0: But do you think you should? I I can't walk up to I can't (laughs) walk
1: up to someone and and like demand them to fall in love with me. But I can pull a
0: knife on someone and make them scared. You know, it's so easy. But don't you think if you let your kids watch lots of horror movies, when they're older, they're gonna have a lot of these movies that they really love.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, but. I don't think I'd, well, this might sound selfish, but I don't think I would much care for them to have good emotional, uh, sorry, good movie memories um, over the fact of having to have them like sleep in my bed for 10 weeks
0: straight yeah. because they're scared of the monster under their bed. But it made me does does that love sense? Indiana Jones and it also made me love horror films. This is why I love horror films today because I want to revisit that emotional, terrifying. That's, I mean, yeah, it a good point. Yeah. Some people just like horror movies and some people don't. I think it's because I was exposed to it as a child, which is why I like them. And I'm because gonna... I was so scared of them back then, it's actually made me want to watch them now. Well, okay. Because I want, I want to fry it. Well, <laughs> boo. <laughs> gotcha. I remember we were we were sitting at a computer once, and it was. Boo again. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. <laughs> I wasn't expecting. Um, <laughs> we were watching. We were sitting on the computer. It was like 8 a.m. We had both got up. I'd we had a sleepover at your house or something. Yep. We were both checking Reddit in the morning and I had clicked on something uh, and it was like a comic book and it was said it would frighten you and when you scroll down, the webpage uh, takes sort of the command off you and it will scroll down further and it, the the thing in the comic will turn around and like sort of... Oh, okay. Like you're just scrolling uh, reading the comic and then the scroll bar will move by itself and it will do like a... A series of flash frames wow. Where the thing turns around And a noise plays Like the Like uh, Like the thing in the comic Turns around and Yeah it, it made me jump back in my chair <laughs> And then I was just laughing And like Oh my god Oh my god And laughing so hard And you were just looking at me With absolute disgust Because you were like Why would you do that <laughs> Like you, you were like How can you be laughing right now You were just terrified Yeah <laughs> I thought it was so funny Because it, it got me so good And you just You would have none of that No. Nah. <laughs>
1: It's the, um, it's like the same thought process I have to this day as a, as an adult where I'm like, well, why would you watch a scary movie when you could watch something that's like nice? Like, why would you make yourself scared and frightened when you could just watch something that'll make you happy?
0: I don't get it. But this is such an adrenaline rush. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I understand that. It's because you're a junkie. You're an adrenaline <laughs> junkie. We were just talking about water slides before. So <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly <laughs> we're, uh, no, yeah. Yeah, we're big adrenaline
0: junkies. Um, Yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm going to make you watch probably a horror movie next week, so... Yeah. Yeah, make, well, like... To I c- make you poo yourself. You know, yourself. I'll definitely watch... I'll watch any genre that is
1: apparently the best of that genre of all time. Like, I'm fine with that. Because that's what you're talking about, Get Out? A lot of the... Yeah, Get Out is something we want to watch. So they're saying that Jordan
0: Peele made the best I mean, horror movie of all time. Here's the thing, I want, I want, to, I want to terrify you. I don't want to be <laughs> terrified. <laughs> <laughs> You're so against this right now.
1: I'm gonna bring nah I was just, I was just gonna say I was gonna bring like five people so I like have like yeah. a variety of different people to hold on to. Yeah. But then I thought um that's that would suck because then that would be like five different people that will like watch me um shit myself. Yeah. So <laughs> just you and me. We'll, oh you've we'll, gone out we'll all go. out
0: with the with the swearing just <laughs> I, I restrained myself and said poo before. Yeah, yeah. You were swearing a lot last week though, yep. so we I yep, restraining myself, I'm a I'm a
1: good lad. <laughs> that's good. DJ Carlard there with I'm the one featuring Quavo, Justin Bieber, Lil Wayne, Chance the Rapper, and I think that's it. Um that comes from his upcoming album, Grateful, coming out later this year, I think.
0: Ollie, let's talk about what we're gonna talk about this week. We're gonna talk about King Arthur, uh, Legend of the Sword, which we watched last night. Yep. Uh Directed by Guy Ritchie, featuring that what's that man? Well, who's that actor man? The Ooh. guy from Sons of Anarchy, Jude Law. Mm, yes, <laughs> he. Yeah, yeah. It was Jude Law in the main role. <laughs> Sorry, Jude Law is the antagonist. The other Wait, dude isn't he someone? Someone gunman? It, it doesn't matter. Gunman. Anyway, let's just call him Arthur. But yeah, we watched that, and you, we, we've had discussion before watching the film because you definitely think you definitely were like. I don't think this is going to be a good film. Yep. And I was telling you, no, it will be because it's directed by Guy Ritchie. And, well, one of us was right. Has Guy Ritchie made a like a phenomenal film? Yeah. Because both the Sherlock
1: movies were, they got like, you know, 60, 70% on Rotten Tomatoes, but, didn't the they? The first
0: one did well, the second one got below average. Alright. So, what? what's his great one, His then? great ones are Snatch... And oh, lock, bloody. stock, and two smoking barrels. They're both. They were both um, English crime dramas. Ah, uh, oh, yeah. They were. They were awesome. They were awesome. And that. I tell ha- you what,
1: bloody this movie was quite a bit of an English crime drama was. as well, wasn't it? Did, it? Yeah, it had that It feel. definitely had
0: aspects because. Um, I would say the best bits about the film were when they were just discussing around a table their plans, and they it would it, um. Yeah or um well russ bolton <laughs> the guy who plays I, I didn't bolton. know bolton
1: was going to be in it yeah. he wasn't
0: in any of the trailers i don't think the guy who plays him was sort of a guard interrogating arthur about what he had done that day and they were all discussing around the table it was like oh so we met george which george handsome george B- Bung-Eye george <laughs> no uh stimpy leg george <laughs> and then you know it would keep flashing to flashbacks and the camera was moving around and like doing the, the quick pans and the whip pans and stuff like that. To speed ramping. Speed ramping. That's stuff. what it's called, isn't yeah. it? But it was doing all the funny, uh, the cool jump. And this this is what Guy Richie's known for, which is why I'm ex- I was excited for it, where it's like, you know, he does these quick camera stuff and whips and quick whooshes and to all the different characters and yeah. quick, uh, and like fast-paced dialogue sort of thing. There's a lot of that in the Sherlock movies, which yeah.
1: are the only, like, I can't compare any Guy
0: Ritchie yeah. films anything other than the two Sherlock movies. Yeah. So those are the only ones I've seen. He also made um, the Man from Uncle, which was released last year. Ah, uh, Henry Shor. Cavill. Yep, Henry Cavill and Army Hammer. Um, and that was that was a good movie. So it's his actual name, Army Hammer. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. He's really tall. Um, but that di- it didn't do very commercially well, and neither did King Arthur. I don't think it's not doing great at the box office. I love it when
1: directors have um, good actor friends that are always appearing in their stuff. Yeah. Like, Drew DeLore for yeah. this. Yeah. And also, I didn't realise that he made Man From Uncle, but
0: that's got Russell Crowe in it, right? Russell Crowe's in this. No, you're thinking of the nice guys with Ryan Gosling. Oh, I am. You're thinking of not Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Because, yeah... If, I would compare those
1: films. They, they, the posters are exactly the same. Yeah. They're wearing, they're wearing, you know, somewhat nice clothes, and they're, they're just both just spy a, films. A background, yeah. you know, one simple color background. Yeah.
0: But damn um, it! Now oh, I, know, I thought I was
1: making a good point there.
0: <laughs> I know you came out of the cinema writing a lot of notes in your phone about thirteen this. of them, and I, I know just, just judging from your expressions and stuff, you, you didn't think you, sorry. This film met your expectations that it wasn't going to be great. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. Look, are we out of the intro? We can start discussing? We can start discussing. However, maybe... Why don't you just let us know? Because I know you're going to tear it to shreds. Not really. maybe not tear it to shreds. Well, let's hear some of the good things you liked about it. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. So, the things that I liked about it, straight up. The the very first note that I wrote... Mm -hmm was um the sound was bloody incredible. Yeah. The I'm music. a big I'm a big sound sa- not even that. Yeah? Just not, everything? Yeah, just the just the post-production sound design and sound editing. Just like, yeah, there was what were the ones I was thinking of? The first thing I noticed that was really great was um uh first of all, th- there'd be a beginning, you know, th- we'd talk about this at the beginning of the show, but th- there's gonna be spoilers. In this review of Guy Ritchie's King Arthur, Ollie, you can confirm that you're looking at me so no. strange. No,
0: I'm not. Yeah, you are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm just before I say anything, there's gonna be spoilers for this. Um, so the beginning had um, was kind of like a uh, where the Arthur character was only an infant or a, like a child, and um, Eric Banner is his dad, and Eric Banner at one point had the sword. And he puts it into the sheath. And just the sound of it was, like, really well done. And that, I was like, oh, okay, great. I'm going to have to start listening out for real good sounds in this. Um, There were about three or four different times when a character is screaming. And then the scene transitions into something else. And the audio transitions from the screen into something else. And it was, like, perfect.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, You love those sound match cuts.
1: Oh, (laughs) Sound editing is where I'm at. <laughs> um, yeah, sound production, uh, sound p- post production is. I-, I love keeping an eye out, or bloody, I love keeping an ear out for it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, uh, let's look at my <laughs> list. So yeah, the sound was bloody incredible. The post production, and um, also the soundtrack in full was yeah, mm-hmm. really well done. Um. Who was the best actor in the film? Because that's one of my notes. It's a positive thing. Who was the best actor? Who,
0: I think... um, Who gave the best performance? Jude Law, I thought, gave an alright performance. Um, Jude Law was my note. Yeah. Jude Law nailed it. Yeah. He
1: did one of those screams that was transitioned.
0: Yeah, and that scene where he's saying, talking about fear, and he uh, waves his hand over the crowd and they all sit down. Yeah. I was people. trying
1: to reference that in the intro before. <laughs> I was, right. I was, I was going to try to bring it to it when I was saying that fear is the easiest yeah. emotion because yeah, it has a bit where it's like, fear is the most intoxicating feeling a man
0: can possess yeah. or something like that. Yeah. That was really good. That was a great scene. Yeah, um, I, I think one of the best things about the film was uh, it's it was simultaneously a good thing and a bad thing. Editing in specific scenes was good, like, uh, like we talked about with the... the Quick, the quick cut dialogue and whipping to all the um, the flashbacks and things that happen during the day, and it's like it's all quick, and the sound is really synced up, and it's and um and things like that. But um, and also the way Guy Ritchie films tend to go is like he'll show a scene, and then they'll talk about a past event, and then they'll go back just maybe like an hour or or like a couple of minutes ago, and yeah, revisit th- things that just happened. And it was, and so like when, uh, when Jude Law's giving his fear speech, he's he's talking to Arthur in the room, while he narrates over him actually doing it to the crowd and uh, yes. waving his hand over the crowd. So there's this, he and he does it pretty much in every scene where they're they're talking, but then it's showing you scenes just from a few minutes ago, and you know, but I think that gets distracting after a while, and sometimes it just doesn't land. Okay. What Some- was an
1: example of one of the ones that didn't land? Because uh, there was one that I really liked. Yeah, and that was um when they were going to that island. Was it, what was it called? Oh, uh, the dark
0: something. Yeah, was,
1: let's say it was the, know. the dark lands. Dark lands.
0: I'm pretty sure that was what it was. Yeah.
1: So there was a bit where it was like, um, the uh, one of the actors says, "We're not taking him to the dark lands," and then they're on a boat. And then Arthur says, "Where are we going?" And then that same actor says, "The Darklands." Yeah. And then it cuts back to them again, going, "Well, why would we take him there?" And then suddenly he's there, like battling a, you know, a spider or something, yeah. a big spider, and it's like yeah. he will overcome his fears and learn how to possess the sword. And then it will cut back to the, the moment on the boat where the actor that was being told that information is now saying that to Arthur. Mm. This will be the place where you overcome your fear and learn how to possess the sword. And then, so there's like three different scenes that are happening in that yeah. one montage, yeah. which was like that. That's a very, very interesting stylistic element. Yeah. Is that you, is that a this, Guy Ritchie? This thing? is Guy Ritchie, so he loves his style like that. So it's not just the speed ramping, yeah, all but these, this is something that he
0: does often. Yeah, all these different stories going on at once, okay. and it's like, oh, what is happening? What is happening? And the thing I think that doesn't land, and I didn't think it landed in The Man from Uncle either. Okay, is he sort of does this thing where they're explaining something, or like something is happening, and you're seeing a current event. And then there is narration or there is an explanation and you are now shown past events leading up to that point. And you think, oh, they're going to show us something we didn't know before. And it's going to now come into it and uh, it's going to cut now. We're going to now realize this and it's going to be a huge surprise because it's going to change the way we're looking at the current event. He reveals past information that doesn't actually matter. I can't necessarily (coughs) say exactly an example, but one from the man from Uncle. And I know this isn't the one we watched. They're doing a sniper. He's and they're watching a target and then it will he will start talking about things that were happening before and you think oh what's going to happen when he fires the gun like they now that we're learning about new information that we didn't know before what's going to happen and you realize it's just putting another character in a different position uh place that it doesn't really matter to the current the sniper who's shooting at someone the sniper shoots and it just happens as it would have it yeah. doesn't the p- knowledge from the past doesn't actually affect what you currently know. And I think that's where some of these scenes don't land is it's edited to make you think, oh, so we're going to learn something cool and it's going to be a huge surprise. But no, it's just past information and now you're it's just carrying on like normal. See. Um, And I also think during some of the end sequences, there's just an incredible feeling. A lot of it was cut.
1: There were moments that it just seemed like it had been a longer movie, but there's the cutting had needed yeah. to be done. yeah. Like, the middle, in particular, was
0: quite... Like, I was just getting bored. Do you remember... Okay, here's another example. Do you remember when he was saying how they're going to convince some of the other kingdoms to unite their forces so that they can (laughs) take on the thing? And they go to convince one of these dudes. And it's sort of funny, because he's explaining how he's going to convince him. And he's like, oh, and then he'll say this, and then he'll say that. And that's what actually happens, because they're showing... That He's explaining it as they're actually doing it. It's another example of that bit we were just talking about. Cool editing, but the scene doesn't land and it doesn't end or it doesn't come to a climax because then it just becomes a discussion between Arthur and his advisor guy. And then you don't really learn what happens to the actual, the people they're trying to convince. No, you're right. You don't really learn what happens. There's no, there's no conclusion there. And I think that's... It, this is what I mean by it doesn't land. There's no ending to the scenes. Yeah. They sort of just divert to a different direction.
1: You're right. I completely forgot about that bit. Because I, I wrote... No, like, during this movie, I didn't write anything on my phone while watching it. But I was thinking, like, i got to remember that. i got to remember that mm-hmm. so I can write it down. So I wrote down as much of the things, things that I could. But I remember now there was a thing in that scene that I wanted to write about. But I didn't because I completely forgot that it existed in the film. You're right. <laughs> like, I just... What did you think of the... The colour palette of the film. Spoiler alert, it was boring. Everything was brown and orange. Yeah. Yeah. The only time there was anything different was when there was a female character on screen. The female characters were often wearing blue. Mm-hmm. The mage and um, a couple of the dresses from Jude Law's daughters. Yeah. But besides that, everything was brown and orange and I yeah. got it was just it wasn't. In terms of like CGI and like effects, it was interesting to look at, but color palette and stuff yeah. that, it was boring.
0: Yeah, you're right there. It, it actually reduced some of the cooler scenes to just a boring, sort of flat looking thing. There were some cool shots like where he's running through the forest and they're doing that classic uh, <laughs> uh, cut cut as the tree goes past, cut closer and then cut out and then cut closer again. Yeah, uh, the classic Harry Potter and yeah, yeah. definitely Howlers Part 2
1: and Sherlock Holmes, the. Game yeah. of Shadows is yeah, that what it's called one.
0: yeah they do that yeah ah, it's cool there was a nice blue colour thing there yeah <laughs> Um, with regards to story so obviously we're talking we've got to talk about the trailer too I just watched the trailer and I hadn't seen it beforehand but you had do you think do you think your viewing the trailer actually affected what you thought about the film this time because I didn't I think if I'd watched that trailer yeah it wouldn't have changed what I thought about the film because the trailer didn't give a huge sense of story, I don't think. Because it was it was showing like every scene from the movie, but all out of sequence. So you couldn't really piece together the story. Yeah. Um The only the only way
1: that the seeing the trailer and the promotional material had worked for me or ruined for me in the film was um there was no doubt in my mind that Drew Lord's character was evil, mm-hmm. even though it kind of painted him as one of just Eric Banner's men. Um yeah, the right beginning of the film. Right, yeah. And um there was they real well, they didn't so much emphasize it, but there were certainly shots of like the major's elephants, like massive, mm-hmm. huge elephants, and they were shown once or twice during that same sequence, mm-hmm. just that beginning sequence. So I was like, oh cool. Um, this mage character's clearly going to come back and it's going to be, like, a big deal. No. Um, yeah, that's that right. That Mordred character. <laughs> yeah. the, that was the last note I wrote. It was just the words, lol, Mordred. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, I was, I was really expecting, like, oh, but then, you know, like, he's got this... He's this character that can, like, wield these incredibly magic creatures that are so, so, so many feet tall and yeah, I thought he just was didn't be the come back. Villain. No, yeah. nothing.
0: Yeah, in that um, I I actually did think Jude Law was gonna be the the main baddie because I I think maybe I've seen a I've seen just a photo of him on the chair with his crown on, looking evil. Okay, yeah. <laughs> 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 but um, yeah, he didn't. He wasn't super evil at the start. He was just like this nice knight guy. <laughs> but um, wh- now I did see I did see promotional stuff from the film. I didn't see a trailer, but I did see some promotional material, and I knew magic was in this. A new magic. I knew a new magic. Oh, you knew magic. I just okay, knew magic was in the film. Yep. And I, I think at some point I had, I knew like I saw someone with a fireball. It turns out it was Jude Law with a fireball. Yep. And so I was thinking, okay, so we've got King Arthur, but it's uh, Guy Ritchie's retelling it with some magic elements and stuff. And I thought, well, he could. This could be. He could really make this good. Like, I don't know. Mix up. Use the magic well and maybe use monsters in the world well and maybe it will work as this sort of yeah great mix. Yep. But like a lot of films that oh. retcon magic into well, shoehorn <laughs> <True> <laughs> sorry magic into the plot it's just like magic is there and magic is this power. Yep. The sword is just power. The Jeweled law has power. We'll give you power. It doesn't always say what the power is, just that you have power and that that makes you stronger. And it's sort of an excuse for only, so only the main protagonist can battle the antagonist and other weak uh, cannon fodder can't do anything because they don't have power. And the magic elements to me, like when we saw that elephant at the start with a giant pyramid and it had a laser (laughs) it was shooting lasers (laughs) and it's just like the movie is like, Hey, look at, look how crazy this laser elephant is. It's got a pyramid. And the other thing, why does it matter though? Does it, does the pyramid <laughs> what's it resemble where's the lasers is they coming from i don't know it didn't matter no no you're it was right just, it, it was there to look cool and it, it it because it looks cool it doesn't have any story or plot attachment it's just sort of like i don't care yeah and even through to the end of the film because this was all like the kind of
1: prequel ish stuff happening the very the very intro yeah. scenes. Um, Throughout the film you see Jude Law kind of sacrificing various loved ones to this <laughs> to the squid monster yep. and and over time you see that he's developing more magical abilities. Now the final showdown takes place between Arthur and the main bad guy which is Jude Law as you would expect. Mm-hmm. But the form that Jude Law takes is the is this the same kind of like magical um being that was the one that killed Eric Banner and Eric Banner's wife, Arthur's mum and dad. And this was a form that was held by Drew on that night where they die. So all of these other sacrifices, and him getting more and more powerful wielding, um, you know, flame bowls and stuff, mm-hmm. that wasn't used at the end of the film at all. Was it? No, you're right. <laughs> the last... You see his final form is the same form that
0: he had when Arthur was two or two or three years old. Yeah. It's just this big night monster thing.
1: Yeah. So there was no... Did, was there a sing,
0: was there a single shot of Jude Law firing a fireball? No, I don't think so. I don't think there was. Th- this is why I think there's been a lot of producer intervention here. Well, Then why? There's been a lot of <laughs> studio intervention or something because yeah. there's all these setups for things that don't pay off like that um remember the character that jude law was talking to and it's like a woman he's like other people have used you like a pawn but oh Oh, you're a much more you're i think i think i might start using you as a pawn too and you're like who is this woman yeah i have no idea i I felt stupid because i was like did
1: i just do i not know who this is i don't remember
0: being her being introduced and i don't remember her ending She, i don't think she had an ending i don't think he ever used her
1: i have no idea what she yeah. was about. There was just a couple of very irrelevant players in this film yeah. that had nothing. I think. Um, there was another character like that as well. Um, that real short haired blonde boy um, that was at one point captured by Jude Law. Blue? No. No, like he wouldn't Oh, he's, yeah, yeah. He's just, just like a teenager.
0: One the, yeah, one of the other night. Guys. Yeah.
1: And at one point, like, you kind of see him throughout. You know, he's part of the gang with Arthur, but then um, there's a scene where he's clearly captured and he's, like, tied up and he's got all blood all over his face and clothes and he looks up and it's revealed to be him. Um, do you remember what happened to him? No, because no, they didn't show him again. Yeah. So he was captured and then that was it and they're all celebrating at the end of the defeat and I'm like, well, what happened to that little blonde boy?
0: Yeah. I have a Nothing. feeling this is a much longer movie with a lot of stuff cut out and I think it's because Guy Ritchie's last film, well, his last two films, Man from Uncle and Sherlock Holmes too. They, I don't think they were great commercial successes, so mm. this is why the studios are stepping in and saying, okay, we're just going to rework this to make it good. I don't know. Y- 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 I don't think you can entirely blame the studios. I think Guy Ritchie, I think the magic stuff was just stupid, really. I think it could have done a lot, a lot without it. Like, Think about Game of Thrones, and I know you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, but Lord of the Rings also. They both have magic, but it's just used so rarely, and okay, it's yep. used... Only very minorly, or and by a, a um a very uh, tight group of characters can only use it, and it's yeah, it's only used very occasionally for good purposes. Whereas in this, they're just like magic this and magic that, and yeah. three fireballs here. Yeah, it's like that. They the
1: only reason why they kept it is because they clearly spent so much money, spent so much money on the effects of it and that squid monster person. Yeah. And they're just producers were like, well we can't let that money go to waste. So we'll just keep in that scene. And then it's yeah. like, okay, well we see
0: that there's magic here, but they don't use it ever. And also there's a, a scene <laughs> the final scene where uh the mage woman character sends in a giant snake. Yeah. <laughs> I don't uh, know what was going on, why that snake happened yeah, at first I thought it was <laughs> metaphorical, but then it just straight up gets like split in half or kills everyone in the palace but Jude Law. Yeah. Uh it's yeah, why didn't that happen earlier? Why couldn't she do that ages ago? Did she need Arthur? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, so if anyone's listening and they
1: have um ophidiophobia, um <laughs> don't watch this film. That's the uh that's the fear of snakes. Yeah, there's Oh wow, a-
0: did you wow, did you know that off the top of your head?
1: No. It's in front of me right now. (laughs) Video phobia. Um, If you actually look at my note, this is a legit. Like I haven't touched it. I just looked it up. Oh, sorry. I just opened Mm -hmm. up my phone. Um, where was it? Yeah. Don't watch if you have snake phobia. (laughs) And then, and then in brackets, find real name. I know there's arachnophobia, that's spiders, but I I didn't know what this one was. But, yeah, there's a lot of snake imagery in this and there's a lot of snakes opening their mouths and then releasing their fangs and then, like, jumping at the camera really quick. Yeah, and I just... Like, I I don't love snakes, but, like, you know, I'm not, like... You know, like, people see a spider in their shower and then they run through the house naked. Like, I'm not that kind of... I don't hate snakes that much, but I was still, like, just feeling uncomfortable with it. And if you have an actual proper fear of this, you will get scarred by this film. (laughs) I'm serious. This is an actual... This is an actual public service announcement. I don't know if you can call it
0: a criticism, but it is... <laughs> no, it, no, it's just like,
1: you know, this, you know, this imagery could have been in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, a movie that I really liked, but I'd still make it appear. <laughs> PSA,
0: don't watch it if you have this phobia. So this isn't a criticism, this is just a shout out to those with... Yeah. How you doing? video <laughs> phobia. How you doing? <laughs> um, hope you're doing well. A, a, final, a couple things on the trailer. So the final shot of the trailer is actually the final shot of the film. Yeah. Where where, uh, King Arthur holds up the sword in front of his uh, citizens. I mean, all you see is a shot of the sword being held up to a crowd who cheers. Yeah. But I know some people who, if they watch a trailer, they remember every single thing of the trailer. Yeah. Now, I don't think anyone was watching the King Arthur trailer... In huge anticipation. (laughs) I don't think they were studying every moment of it and they were waiting for that final sword shot. But if you're the person who remembers everything from a trailer and you are waiting for that shot of the sword being held up, well, you're going to have to wait till the very final shot of the film when he succeeds over the kingdom and holds it up to a standing ovation. That's it. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just I don't like it. It's whatever. Yeah. So I think our consensus with the trailer here is it showed a lot of Guy Ritchie style, the trailer. Like there was a lot of there was the, all the fast yeah. moving starts and the cuts and things like that, and his his auteurism. But um, but it didn't and didn't give much sense of story. So it didn't spoil a lot of things of the film, I don't think. But it did give the sense of here's your generic medieval movie for the year. Yeah. <laughs> Here,
1: yeah, the, the simple fact that they showed one shot of the elephant was too much because that wasn't utilised in the thing at all. So if yeah. you go in thinking, oh, like, magical giant creatures throughout, nah, you're
0: going to see them for two or three shots. Yeah. And here, and something I just thought about Guy Ritchie, because he is, he, if you watch Snatch and Lock, Sock and Smoking Barrels and his earlier stuff, yeah, you would love it. It's so cool. It's it's great banter between the English characters, you know, uh, English characters always have great banter and it's uh, Jason Statham being cool and all this cool quick cut editing and stuff like that wait Statham was in this? yeah St- no Statham is in the earlier stuff oh okay yeah okay. Um, he was like he was like Guy Ritchie's dude back then uh, um, but and it's the comparison I would make is Guy Ritchie is sort of the equivalent of what because I know you don't know much about Guy Ritchie's old stuff and for anyone who doesn't know Guy Ritchie's old stuff What's happened to Guy Ritchie is what would have happened if someone like Tarantino, after making Pulp Fiction, Reservoir Dogs, and Kill Bills, sort of, he he made those and then got to thinking, oh, look at, look at uh, these old collection of stories now in the public domain, like, I don't know, Red Robin Hood, Red Riding Hood. Let's take things that are in the public domain, and let's make them new, because they haven't had a remake in the past couple of years, (laughs) and... I'll pitch to how this idea can appeal to many people and we'll make millions and i have a huge budget and and then I'll turn it into a trilogy and then I'll, and I'll also dull my personal touch to um, cater to the large yeah. audiences and yeah. I'll get rid of all the things that make me special and I'll just take what's easy and turn that into a thing. Yeah. And that's what would have happened. And it's sort of like, you know, Tim Burton uh, used to make all these really cool weird films and now he's taken things like Alice in Wonderland and like what was that one with Johnny Depp um (laughs) all of them Uh, um the the vampire one the Um, I don't know it was it was a recent one and it was like a remake of some obscure tv show is that not that vampire dark shadows oh yeah yeah
1: I thought people liked that (laughs) <laughs> okay, well, and it's just like
0: he's remaking all this old stuff from things people don't really care about anymore and it's just like it seems lazy and it's not his personal weirdness anymore I don't know but yeah this is sort of like Guy Ritchie he's sort of he's trying to keep his touch but he's he's doing weird movies man yeah he's doing weird movies man anyway it wasn't great I'm just gonna really quickly go through the rest of my notes yeah Uh,
1: we won't talk about them in detail but just a quick yep um, you fire your things at me so from the top, sound bloody incredible. Um, this is in no order, this is just what came to me just as I was leaving the cinema. Quick time event boss battle. That that, <laughs> oh, la- yeah. that last thing. It just it seemed like I was pressing square and yeah. triangle at very particular I points. Was, I thought it
0: was cool to be honest.
1: I liked it. Yeah. I liked it, but like it, I was just thinking like it felt like it would look like a bloody, yeah, like did. a video game. Um, brown and orange colour palettes. Ah, uh, the movie should have leaned into the absurdness of the story more, less magic, more jokes. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, because they were all the bits that were funny were my favorite moments. Like I'm big on comedy, yeah. but like I just enjoyed, I found myself
0: enjoying those moments more than anything the else. Bits without magic were all cool. Like, yes. Uh, yeah, where they were just it was the guys doing their ragtag team of taking down the authority.
1: Yeah that that scene after they. Attempt on the
0: yeah on Jude Law, and then
1: they're just running through the streets. It was very yeah. fun.
0: Cool.
1: Um, now I I feel so guilty. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but the guy from um that movie where Leonardo DiCaprio was South African.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, how do you, it, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. Like I've got the name here, but I don't know how to say it. Have a go. <laughs> <laughs> it's D J I M O N. So I feel like the. D- but like, Digimon. But I feel like one of them... Yeah, I didn't want to say Digimon. But I feel like one of them. One of those letters is silent. So I'm just going to say... Gemon, Gimon? Yeah, okay. Anyway, he was actually utilised, which is very... I liked that, because in Guardians of the Galaxy 1, mm-hmm. he has one scene. And he's like an Academy Award, either nominated or winning actor. But he keeps on getting put into these roles that are like for one scene or for like... Mm. So I saw him and I thought, oh, he's going to be and he'll be the first to die or something, but mm. they utilised him through the whole film, which mm. was good, because I like him as an actor. Um, It needed more Eric Banner. Mm-hmm. Banner nailed it, and I just, I like, I really like him. Mm. You know, he's, like, a... It was, you know, fine. But, like, yeah, more would have been great if we could have got more of that whole sequence of Banner and Jude Law. I didn't know that they were brothers. Was that mentioned? No,
0: I don't think so.
1: There was a bit where it was like, your uncle is bloody doing this, and I was like... Oh, all right. Well, I guess that explains, you know, the family yeah. dynamic. But I didn't know that they were brothers. Um, the, the best scene. I'm, I think I'm going to start doing this with all of my movies because I did this with um Ghost in the Shell as well. Mm-hmm. What I thought was the best scene, the best scene was um Blue's dad death scene.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was intense. And, like, Blue runs in, and he's like, I've never seen that man in my life, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, quick, weird. He's t- like, what, what would happen if I cut his ear off? Don't matter to me. It's not my ears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so,
1: and then the, just good acting from every single performer in that uh, in that scene. So that was the best scene, in my opinion. Um, I just got the words here, LeMayo Beckham, question mark. <laughs> David <laughs> Beckham was in this. He played a character <laughs> called Drigger, and he's like, good bloody boulder sword out, or just get out of here. And I was like, what the hell is David Beckham doing in a in, like, an actual film. <laughs> like, ain't, this ain't no Bennett like Beckham. Mm. Um, don't watch it if you have snake phobia. Find real name. There was so much talking. What happened to that short, blonde-haired dude that was captured by law? Ursula? Question mark. Explain who these characters are. It was seen twice, that's all. That's that mermaid, yeah. like, Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Yep. And, um, lol, yep, Mordred was definitely a huge player. <laughs> like, he just wasn't in the film at all. So those
0: are my notes. Good too long don't read of the film thank you i i okay, guess so, uh now we said the other week we would uh give it a rating out of 10 based on the tr- based on how much the trailer affects the viewing experience yep um i'll give it a i'll give it an eight yeah, yeah it was okay. the trailer was fine because even though it shows a lot of the scenes from the actually i'll give it a seven <laughs> it shows a lot of scenes from the movie, almost every scene, but it shows them out of order and you don't have a good semblance of what's actually going on. Yep. Um but it, and it does show Richie's cool style. This is the final trailer, not the first one as well, that yep. I'm talking about. Oh, I also from the same perspective of the final trailer, I'm also gonna give it
1: a seven exact the same reasons as you, but I just didn't like that they that like I was excited for the cool massive elephants and they just weren't used in the okay. film <laughs> so so that's something that in the trailer did technically ruin for me and i didn't like there was no question that jude law was going to be a yeah. bad guy okay um but and that was kind of proposed in the film like ooh, will he turn like yes yeah, yeah he will he just took his wife yep. and stabbed her
0: yep um anyway that's it that's it for our king three, king three reviewee of the the th- of the trailery that's good
1: Hey, Ollie. Yeah. We've wow. got critically acclaimed or critically lame. Okay. So please, uh, load up your critically acclaimed. Okay, or critically I'll give you my.
0: I'll, I'll I'll give it to you straight. Yep. Okay, that's us So, critically acclaimed and critically lame is where I give Scott two films that I'll give him the plot summaries. I won't tell him what the films are, and he's got to tell me which one has critical acclaim and which one has crit- is critically lame or trashed. So, here's the first film, and uh, listeners can play the game too. So, first film, Earth. (laughs) Critically (laughs) acclaimed. In the year 3000, Earth and humanity have been enslaved for the last thousand years by an alien race. So far, so good. The aliens now uh, dominate the Earth, and the survivors of the human race, although they have mostly been wiped out, are now working as miners for resources for the aliens, right? Okay. And there is this one... Big bad alien And he's like <laughs> The boss Of this sector on earth Okay they've got All these different sectors Off planet And The boss man Wants to Sort of He doesn't want to be Restrained to earth anymore And he wants This boss alien Wants to Aspires to You know Go to outer space And be a part of the other uh, Sectors So he hires He sends one of these The mi- The, uh, the um, human miners To go and collect uh, some gold for him and stuff, so he can rise the ranks. And so he gives gives this device or something <laughs> <I haven't laughs> to the human, so he learns all the knowledge that the alien race possesses. And the human then takes a team of uh, of s- other human slaves to go and collect this stuff. But a ragtag uh, a ragtag, a rag-tag team, team of slaves. Yeah, good. But, guess what? Uh-oh. This no. alien man has done his own undoing uh-uh. by giving this man all this knowledge because now this human worker is going to cause a revolution uh, Yep. and kick them aliens off the planet. So that's your first film. Okay. Alright. So your second film. <laughs> Alright.
1: Oh, the first one is just so... It simultaneously sounds like it could... Like, it's so basic. You know, like... Yeah. Oh, uh, it's the future and humans aren't what we used to be. But then there's a one human, probably very handsome human, uh, who's been given the the opportunity to take over. So, yeah, I've seen that movie a thousand times. Yeah.
0: Okay, so, next. Second film. Okay, so, an alien mothership. (laughs) Is hovering over Earth. And uh, it was there for a while, and then... The, some of the earthlings the human people went up into the <laughs> ship and found right. aliens in there and then they're like oh get these aliens out of here and they took all the aliens down onto earth and and because all these aliens were actually there because well I don't know why they were there but <laughs> the 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 aliens uh were starving inside the ship okay and they, and so the earthlings take them. Uh, I keep saying Earthlings. The humans put <laughs> them onto Earth and put them into like a sect, uh, into like a um, into like a camp where they're like uh, prisoned off from from the humans. Okay. But um, scientists and always like lead groups through the the camp so they can uh study the the aliens there. And one of the humans has alien goop splattered onto him, and He's like, Oh no. But then, guess what? A day later, back in his city, in his little apartment, he finds out, uh oh, my hand is turning alien. Yeah. Uh oh. Right. No good. Um and then and then the news catches on to this fellow and they want the government wants to use this fellow as a weapon against aliens and stuff. <laughs> okay. And the news and so they spin the news to say that this Man has been having uh, sexual relations with aliens, and so society turns against him, and it's his job to find a way to undo the alien thing that is on his hand. Great.
1: (laughs) Jeez, how will I
0: ever choose which one's the bad one when they're both so good? His wife turns against him because she thinks he's been having... He's been making love with aliens. I
1: did not have <laughs> sexual relations with that alien.
0: <laughs> so, what do you think is the good one? I don't what do you know. think is the Bad one.
1: Well, you gave a lot more detail in the second film. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to decipher whether that means that you know it's the bad one, so you just you studied it up a lot, or if it's the good
0: one and it means that you've seen it, so you have more time to ooh. think about whether it's. Um, never know, never know, never know. It's uh, all. Uh, am I playing mind games? Am I double bluffing? Am I triple bluffing? Oh.
1: Ah oh, jeez, look. I wanna say well, as soon as you said the sexual relations made me think uh that Yeah, like it, it took it away from being like a like a serious thing, like it made oh, is this like a comedy bad movie, like a like a scary movie knockoff that's
0: about aliens? Or something like that. <laughs> so What do you think, Scott? And listeners, what do you think?
1: Here's call call in. <laughs> here's some music. Boom, 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 boom. Uh, I'm gonna say the the first movie was the critically lame, and the second movie with the sexual relations was the critically acclaimed.
0: You're correct. Hey, hey. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, for sexual so, relations with aliens. <laughs> so the second film is called District Nine.
1: Oh wow! I thought people like is that a? Uh, it's quite contentious whether it's good or not no, by the r- really online
0: great it was uh, uh, um, nominated for an academy award is that the train monster one no it, it's about what am so I thinking it's of? it's a alien super eight aliens are kept in a camp called district nine in near johannesburg and it's sort of like an allegory for apartheid like the aliens are segregated yep and this dude who initially doesn't like the aliens like comes into their folds in ways but i won't go into it 'Cause I reckon you should watch it and it's pretty good. The first film was called Battlefield Earth. Hey made in the Bloody year William
1: Smithy. Who's that? Isn't Will Smith? Is no. that is that the movie no. with Will Smith and his son? No. That's oh, after that? Earth. Oh. Battlefield oh, I'm, Earth. I'm so sorry for for putting together the fact that there was a movie called something Earth and they're both terrible and <laughs> assuming it's the
0: one with Will Smith's kid. So Battlefield Earth uh stars John Travolta. Oh, yeah. as Big Bad Alien Man, and it's based on his beliefs in Scientology. Oh, wow. Actually similar to Arthur, also based on Scientology. Wow, look at that. So, um now, <laughs> there's a lot of bad things. It's considered one of the worst films of all time. The main character's name is Johnny Goodboy. <laughs> <laughs> See, I love that.
1: That's what I would name my characters.
0: Yeah, and apparently it's just, it's so bad. It It is not watched. It is... Lived through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, well, I can see that. Yeah, like I said, it, it sounded so generic, but also so boring. And Yeah, I didn't have anything exciting to say about it. No. <laughs> Alright, well, yeah. congratulations to me. I nailed it. Morally, morally. Oh, that-
0: it's time for pet
1: peeves. <laughs> um, this is my pet peeve for this week. Um, screaming something random when being woken up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like a fucking walking non sequitur. Like, just someone that is completely random to anything and you you quickly... Someone's like, there's trouble outside, so the character walks in and tries to wake someone up and he just, like, screams something like, oh, green eggs! And you're like, oh, shut up. Shut up. I hate it. And I I see it everywhere. (laughs) Do you mean... That what they shout is relevant to plot no, or irrelevant? No, a non sequitur. Oh, okay. It, it's completely irrelevant to everything.
0: Okay. So Can you give an example.
1: Yeah, I've got one actually lined up in um, with audio form this time. So, <laughs> so this is the one that I could I was saying to you before the show. I I didn't tell you what the pet peeve was, but this was the one that stuck out in my head. Um, I liked it as a kid, but now I hate it. Okay, here it is. <laughs> Spiders, they want me to tap dance. I don't want to tap
0: dance. You tell those spiders wrong. Oh
1: yeah, I'll tell, tell, tell. I'll tell, I'll tell. <laughs> and immediately back to sleep. Um, yeah. So character woken up, saying something random. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, go back to sleep. Oh, I don't, I don't know if
0: I mind that example.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is the second one, and I had to find this by looking online for specific examples. But I hate this. Yeah. Okay. Like this is the, this is the the magnum opus of this trope (laughs) this is um your favourite actor Billy Bob Thornton oh no he's not (laughs) he's asleep beavers and ducks
0: beavers and ducks Ollie oh god that's so like that's just it just like relates to probably what his character is like he's like a uh, hillbilly or something like that Uh,
1: I don't know it's uh uh, it's from a movie called Bandits
0: Okay, I don't know
1: um, if you, <laughs> on the YouTube video, uh, it's only got a couple thousand views. One of the comments is best line in the movie. And, uh, if you click on the, um, the description, the category is under pets and animals. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but yeah, just,
0: oh, I just, I hate it. It's so, oh, look at me. I'm so random.
1: <laughs> Beavers and ducks. Shut what up. do you
0: think one of your favourite movie characters would shout in the middle of the sleep just to give uh, semblance to their character? Like it's like, oh that's so part of that character. Oh jeez. It it's sort of like See I, like what's my, what's one of what, my favourite characters? I don't know, like uh Luke Skywalker waking up and saying uh or even more, Anakin Skywalker waking <laughs> waking up from his, his nightmare dreams and just going, Oh, sand and, and, <laughs> and stickiness <laughs>
1: Uh, like it, no, it doesn't even have to be something that's they they like, don't like as they no as they're like waking up it can just be like while they're sleeping so like you've got like the <laughs> no Yoda don't go near the big tree Yoda you you, you get, the tree will fall on you Yoda <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, so gross yeah yeah that's a good one oh, good I just one. don't like it <laughs> and uh, like again as my um as my regular segment pet Peeves... I always end this segment with and now you'll notice it in all the films and television you see. Great. (laughs) And you'll become as hateful in the heart like I have become. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, well that does it for another episode of Ignorance Is This. Um, I've been Scott Martin. And
0: I've been Oliver Martin. (laughs) No, not quite. Next week we're probably going to watch Get Out because it's going to be scary and Scott's going to be sad and mad and then he got scared. And I'm going
1: to be not... I'll be in the studio for an entire week because it's an enclosed space and I won't anyone can't just come in and come out.
0: Ooh, get
1: out of that studio. (laughs) I might die. Ooh, get out of my life or else I might die by my own hands. Uh. Good night, everybody.